Inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook. A show about accessibility. Advocacy. And equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, and we were late. Well, not late, just on time. Yeah, we still made it on time somehow, but... And were we late because we were uh, voting this morning? Uh, Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, I kind of wanted to vote before the show because then it would have given us a chance to talk about the accessibility at the polling stations. But right. unfortunately, we have I have voted in the past, so I can talk a little bit about it. Um, I'm planning to vote later today. Yeah, not neither of us um, did, did an early vote like a lot of people I heard about doing. Um, yeah, in some ways it might be, that might be a good idea just because you can beat some of the crowds that way and just get it done instead yeah. of dealing with it on the day of. But me, who tends to leave things to the last minute, did not do that, so... <laughs> So you are listening to Outlook on 94.9 CHRW Radio Western on a Monday morning, and it's election day, uh, federal federal election here in Canada, as we all know by now, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, before we really discuss that, I want to quick thank uh, our guest Roger from last Monday. Yeah, that was excellent. Um, it was an amazing interview. Hour. We got to do an hour-long show. I've been a little bit behind on uploading stuff online, but that will be up soon. Find, it on, find a link to it on our Facebook uh, in the next day or two. On, at facebook.com slash outlook on Radio Western. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Roger. That was very, very insightful and yeah. so much so much information in one hour. It's, it's, it was crazy. So, um, And he also hosts the show here on Mondays at 6 to 6.30 um, about the Catholic Church. And so check that out as well. But uh, yeah, just wanted to quick thank him for being on the show. Yeah, and right after that interview, I went to the U.S. for a couple four or five days um, for something. But uh, I think I'll get into that next week. I mean... Yeah, maybe just a little bit of a, a um, tease. Like, what was that? Yeah. What was it called that you went to? So it was called Disability Insights. <clears throat> so um, these are people that I've known online for five years, sort of blogging and writing worlds, and they're all, they're all blind or low vision. Um, so there were three of them that I'd never met in person, and they were all going to be in the same place, Erie, Pennsylvania, which is where the one lives the one lady lives um and the other one the other lady um from pennsylvania but not right right there and then the so it was three of us ladies and the one guy and uh he's known as the blind blogger online uh he's from texas so we got together in person which was nice and uh it was all for this in disability insights that amy wanted to put on a, a one-day seminar um, not just about blindness, but about disability, because she'd been somewhere that had, she'd been to a women's retreat who had really inspired her to want to make connections and, and share sort of empowerment of those sort of things. So it was, it was an interesting day full of lots of multiple different disabilities. Speakers were great. The location was beautiful. Um, and I got to check out Lake Erie from the other side. It is so funny because you can get I crossed the border and I'm, I was in New York State and I, I kept hearing Canadian content on the radio. I was like, oh, Canadian content. And then all of a sudden the DJ came on and it was like, I know that guy. <laughs> See, right across the lake, it's like there's no obstruction. So the the, the radio yeah, you can still get signal is really good. In from- so we were getting like easy 
101 or whatever, um, Virgin Radio, was it Waterloo or whatever was coming in. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, I got to, I got to see Erie, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Yeah. I know there's a lot of stories from that, from that seminar you went to. So next, (laughs) next Monday, I'm sure we'll, unless something else comes up, uh, we'll have time to talk about that in greater greater depth next week. Unless something drastic happens with the election in Canada. Yeah. We'll see where we're we're at. scrambling. We'll probably do a little recap on that next Monday too, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to your, my favorite subject, the the subject that kind of wants me, wants, makes me want to sort of bang my head up against the wall. Well, yes, I mean, politics in general is something that I've, with age, I've started to try and really step it up a bit and take some more um, responsibility and, and uh, time to, to look into this stuff and become more educated. But I still have a bit of uh, difficulty with it. So, you know, I just want to be honest about that, that it's definitely not my strong, strong suit, my strong area of politics, but I'm trying my best to, to learn more. And I've, I'm trying to vote over the last few years I've been voting. So um, it is important. And it's one of these one of these rights that we have that a lot of people don't have in the world. So, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's it's never been my favorite subject, and this show is definitely not a political show. Um, but this is in the news, so we are sort of turning it to how it can, can relate to what we talk about here on Outlook uh, every week, which is disability and blindness specifically. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just going to be honest here, right? Like, we aren't... We aren't experts on this stuff. We're just learning how to, you know, that whole adult adulting thing, I think they call it. Yeah. You know, back when I was 20, 25, I just was like, eh, doesn't, I don't care. I don't know. I don't understand. But then as you get older and you start to see how things work around you in the world, you, you, um, and you experience more of the world, you, you start to realize that these things do and can and do and will affect, affect us all and, and, you know, we have to sort of take an interest, at least. Even if it's something that, in in uh, when you think about it, you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. It's kind of just feels like it's it's a um, responsibility. Yeah, it's our duty, that has civic to be done, duty. So, they say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is important, and we wanted to take today's show to talk about it the best we can hmm. with two people who don't know a ton about this stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna maybe start out. Um, our, this Let's discussion start it with, with somebody who does know someone more. who knows a, a little bit more about it than we do, or at least has been taking part yes. um, in it this year, and he'll he'll tell you more about it. But um, we've mentioned him on the show before, uh, Patrick, here from Ontario, who is um, a recent member of the CFB, um, Canadian Federation of the Blind. He'll he'll introduce himself on the clip. We're hoping um, to, to have him on is, to but interview. We'd sometime. like to do a full interview with him because yeah. he's very he's. He's joined a, uh, this organization that we're part of that we that means a lot to us, and he's really taken taken a, a big step in and really he's very reliable and just he's a great great asset to our organization so um, he's a great guy to know yeah yeah great connection to have and so we asked him if he would record a little bit about um his thoughts on the voting process as you'll hear he did vote in the advanced polls so he'll tell us about the accessibility for people who are blind how accessible these stations are um as well he'll talk about his experience volunteering this year, which is great. And that's something I, I don't love the idea of doing, but I think maybe it's something I should look into in the future is yeah. contacting an MPP and seeing about volunteering during a campaign. Because there might be um, something you could do that you might have some interest in. It's still, you know, not your favorite thing. Yeah. But it might be. And then it also just it shows that there are blind people out there who are taking part and, you yeah. know, it just makes things more, more diverse. And it's what we need. Um, 
And I haven't heard this clip, so I'm excited to hear what Patrick's um, going to say about this. Yeah, so it's about four min- minutes in length, but I think it's all very relevant. And uh, so, yeah, let's. Uh, you've heard enough of us for a few minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna shut off our mics and. Uh, this is Outlook. So here's here's Patrick's. Here's Patrick's Outlook. Hi, my name is Patrick Bouchard. I'm the co-chair of the Ontario chapter of the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Today is election day, and I wanted to share my experience participating in the election as someone who's blind. I participated in two ways this year, as a voter, but also as a volunteer, and I wanted to reflect on both of these. As a voter, the process is unfortunately not quite as accessible as I would have liked. I went to the advance poll, which many Canadians did this year, and I found that they don't have all of the accommodations that you get on election day, specifically the braille list of candidates, at least at my polling station. I'm not sure if all of them were the same, but at my advanced poll location, they didn't have it. They had the braille template to put your ballot in, but they didn't have the braille list of candidates. So I had to ask somebody which candidate corresponded with which number. And if I wanted to make sure that I had the template lined up properly and I was marking the right candidate, then they also had to be close enough to see potentially who I was voting for. So unfortunately, the secret ballot and the independents are still kind of in question. Uh, It's unfortunate because several years ago, I I test drove a voting machine, an accessible voting machine, uh, and that was a great experience. I was able to do it completely by myself without any help but they seem to have reverted to paper ballots only for security reasons, which I can understand because, I mean, I work with technology every day. I I know how susceptible that is to being hacked. So I get it, but at the same time, it's unfortunate that this has to conflict with accessibility, that to be secure, we have to jeopardize the accessibility of the process. So I'm kind of hoping that we can start a wider dialogue about this and come to some kind of compromise, find some kind of compromise that increases the accessibility of the process, but keeps it secure. Uh, Volunteering, however, has been a very rewarding experience. Uh, I've been volunteering for a local candidate up here in Barrie, and uh, I can't say enough good things about about it. Uh, He was very open, very inclusive. I always made sure that I knew what was going on, where we were going, uh, giving me a ride if I needed it, and uh, not asking unwarranted questions about what I wasn't capable of. You just assume that if I said I could do it, well, I knew best, and I definitely appreciated that. Uh, what I mostly did was canvassing, so going door to door. We didn't do really any phone banking or things like that. Because uh, he made a decision that he didn't want to do that. He wanted to spend all his time actually talking to people face-to-face, meeting them in the, in the community. So I don't, I'm not sure if like phone banking might be less accessible if they use any kind of software that's not accessible or only use printed lists of phone numbers or something. Uh, so someone else could chime in on about that if they've ever done anything like that. But uh, in terms of uh, canvassing, meeting up with Sorry about that. This my phone screen locked. Very professional. Um, give me a second here. That's the thing with these phones. Yes. Will it pick up where it left off, or do we lose the picture? Uh, 
Sorry, your your mic's not on, Gary. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I apologize for that. It was just about done. Um, was it? But yeah. Hi, my name is yeah. Patrick Bouchard. Start I'll see if I can. I'm the co-chair of the I'm gonna, Ontario I'm gonna pause this of the quick Canadian here. Federation of the Blind. See if I can get to the end today. But uh, uh I don't know. I don't know. That was that was that was most of it. <laughs> ah, stupid phone screen. This yeah, I thought you. Somehow. I thought you fixed that feature for yourself. I still have it happen, but I thought you. Well, I just normally uh, when I'm doing my show, I have it so my screen won't lock. Yeah. But then when I'm done the show, I set it back so that it will, and I just haven't. Um. I haven't. Uh, I didn't turn that back on. So. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there you go. <laughs> So he's got some good perspective because, um, Brian, I've never volunteered for a campaign like that. And uh, he is the um, obviously the co-chair of the Ontario chapter of our Canadian Federation of the Blind chapter here in Ontario. And the point of it is that we're a group of blind people coming together, um, you know, doing some some of this for ourselves, speaking for ourselves, representing ourselves. So everybody kind of has to find a, a role that they're most comfortable with and what they can do. And Patrick is very, you know, very good at that sort of thing, which is great. I mean, that doesn't mean we all are excused from doing our own part with it because we, we have plans obviously with CFB to do more um, with our local officials and things, but uh, yeah, it takes a little work and learning and a bit of mentorship and a bit of courage on my part. Cause I don't really, I mean, I know my convictions, but I don't know how to, always express that but uh um yeah so um there were a couple things that he he touched on mm-hmm. um the one being the voting process where um i think it might be relatively new that they do have a braille list of candidates um but i read myself today online that that is only offered on the actual election day yeah which um, i don't know why that is yeah so when you go in for the advance if you go over to the advanced polls if you're blind you do not get a list a braille list of the names of the candidates um and this list on the, um, on the uh, downside is just a list. It's still not the ballot process, which he also discussed, where um, they did have these accessible voting machines in the past, which were only available at certain polls because they were a whole new um, yeah, They were testing that out. Yeah, so they were only available at some stations, and I guess they've discontinued that totally, as far as I know, especially at the moment, um, as he said. So the voting process for people who are visually impaired or blind is still not very accessible. Um I don't know if you want to speak for a moment on what they do give you. Yeah, it's it's not private at all. You feel like you're a child with the right to vote, basically. You you need help. You need assistance. You need an, uh, you know a, someone cited. So do you come in with a family member or a friend if you don't have that available to you, someone you trust? Um, you know they would help you. But again, like Patrick said, you don't feel like you're getting that private, personal you know ex- experience that people normally get when they vote right i mean some people are happy and open to share all that stuff but other people would rather not and uh this is just a braille card and you slip the paper in and i thought i heard if you don't mark it properly then you then it's then it's void right i mean what they did last time when i did it and i don't know if i don't think every station has this but what it did was i voted and then they put this ballot through a machine and then they told you right away yes it was it was approved oh okay um so if there would have been an error if i hadn't marked the right spot they probably would have they would you have said it didn't work and maybe they would have, i would have been able to try again um okay yeah um you know it's not it's not perfect or anything um so that's okay, let's uh, let's listen to patrick here oh, for a second oh you found him again okay let's go vote 
And second, if you have issues that you care about, then for the next election, get to know your candidates. And if you like a particular one, then uh, consider volunteering and uh, bringing the message, bringing the message of accessibility and inclusiveness with you. Because the more they experience that, the more they will share your views. And the more involved you are, the more of a difference you can make. Yeah, so sorry about the technical difficulties. I gotta. That's that's the joys of live radio, mm-hmm. um, and this is still a, a new a new process. Our show's only we're in our second year right now, so but yeah, we haven't done a lot of this kind of just playing. Like we get, we just got his his take on this last night. We just recording it, you know, send it to you, and there, here it is. So that's a new way we're finding that we can share other people's outlooks on an episode if they can't make it. In yeah, the as, as he mentioned, he he has a t- uh, job related to tech. Um, so he he couldn't make it live on the show today, or for a phone in. I mean, he he lives in Barrie, so he wouldn't have been able to come in. But um, we could have done a phone in. Um, but hopefully, in the future, we'll do maybe a pre-record to play on the show. Yep. Um, interview of, of with Patrick, but yeah. Um. So yeah, the the ballots themselves, what they what they kind of give us, and um, you might remember, or I'm sure you remember as well. But um, it's essentially they said it's a braille card, but really what it was was a list of numbers. There was when I got it last year. There was a braille number, and then the number raised in print, and then beside it, there's a little circle, and this lines up with the ballot card. It's like a, um, I don't know what you call that. Yeah, people use those those writing guides. I don't know if you've ever seen someone yeah, like, doing their signature well, somewhere. It's kind of like a, I don't know if a stencil is the right word. Yeah, Some, yeah. It kind of lays over the ballot, the yep. print ballot, um, and it has these holes, and then they say, okay, that's number one, two, three, four, five. Which candidate you want? Okay, that's that's number six. So or five or four, or whatever it may be, and then they say, okay, you just have to fill in the circle beside it. They line it up for you, and then I you do it. I did an X. Did you fill in the whole thing? I just filled in the whole thing. I'm um, Carrie <laughs> used to have a bit of vision, so she's a little bit better at... I mean, I do kind of, in my head, know what an X... Um, yeah. The shape of an X, I didn't X, know but if there was rules for that. It had to be an X or a No, I think they just said if you fill in the... Fill okay. in this little circle. It's like a check mark, an X, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, as long as there's something in the in the circle beside the... Or in the spot beside the candidate you're voting for. Um, so, needless to say... You know, maybe the card isn't lined up properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we just—it's a little nerve-wracking. Maybe you don't trust. Maybe the—it could still be in the person's hand. Maybe they want. Maybe they want to. You know, they're—they have someone in mind they want you to vote for. So I mean, I'm not saying this happened, but I'm just saying this could happen, <laughs> oh. where they say, "Oh, it's this number is for this candidate," and they're lying, and then you end up filling in the wrong one. So it doesn't—it just doesn't make it very um, secure at that at that point. Um, I did. I did. Uh, discover myself online that it's listed in alphabetical order so by looking up the um the the can the, the federal candidates in my um riding i was able to see okay it would be this number would be the one i want and then i would also mm. know for for second checking to know but it's but, hard if you if you can't quite remember how, what number associates with what person you could end up voting for someone you totally don't want yeah and it's just double checking it with some stranger that's there Ugh. that's obviously supposed to be um honest and everything but you still you know there's still an uncertainty to it so I don't know what the I don't know what the solution is, but yeah, we need security, of course. But. Something has to change, and they say a very low percentage of people with disabilities vote because it's just yeah um, the access to inf- that's another thing I've always wondered is and thought about is the mm. access to information. I mean, there's tons of information now online, which there's really no excuse these days with all that. But at the same time, a lot of people do see stuff um, through advertising, just walking down the street, you know, seeing signs, being reminded of all the candidates, like. Yeah, all that kind yep, of stuff. There's signs when you drive, and you miss you miss out on that stuff when you're blind. So 
It's um, just not maybe on your mind as much. Yeah, you're just not maybe reminded of it as much, and you just and then more... again, there's transportation issues, um, sort of mobility issues. Talking about you know all of disabilities or just blindness, there can be different concerns there, obviously. But um, certain polling stations not being wheelchair accessible, I guess. And there's all these things that every time every time there's election, we get we get sort of reports flooding in about you know these things. But really, it sort of feels like disability is not a big priority. And I mean, environment's important to me. Healthcare is important. That Canada's doing well, obviously, is very important to me. Um, but, you know, like the Can- uh, Accessible Canada Act, uh, Bill C-81, which was passed back in June, uh, federally, it's we're the first, supposed to... Yeah, it's the first uh, bill of its kind, yeah, really, disability here regis- to legislation. get passed in Canada. But at the same time, there's still a lot of discussion on it. Like, is this... Will it be enforceable? Yeah, yeah is and... this really um, well well put together? And is this actually going to be um, enforceable? And there's there's still questions around that, so... You got to start somewhere, but um, it's still a work in progress for yeah, sure. Yeah, because you know, and then there's Ontario. We you know, have to think about your own province with the AODA, and then you have to think about things muni- municipally, and it's just a lot to learn. And a lot of blind people and people with disabilities, they have a lot to deal with. You know, the, some of them have certain challenges, or they don't feel well, or that you know, they how they struggle with housing, or you know living be- below the poverty line, some of them. That's why we, we just want things like this to be talked about more with the CFB. I don't know about politics, but I know social issues are important to me. And uh, it's hard to know who to vote for, who will have that, uh, you know, take that consideration because a lot of blind people and people with disabilities felt like this, you know, the subject of disability, though many people in Canada have disabilities of all kinds, it wasn't talked about like it should have been. And it's, it is tough. Like I, not that I agree, but I also understand that there are so many issues out there, climate uh-huh. change and like there's just so much going on that this disability stuff, while, the, while the, it is very important, it's, it does kind of get put on the back burner because it's like, well, there's other stuff that's also very important that we can't you know. But at least, of course, it bleeds into it. But people with disabilities often need medication and healthcare, and don't have the same kind of access often. So that's important, and transportation, and uh, so you know, housing, all these things. You know, employment is a big issue for me in my head. But you know, it, every, there's things that matter to everybody, and there's so many disabilities out there, and degrees of disability. It's tricky. Um, but that just didn't like what what party was talking at all about disability. And and Carla Qualtro um, and the Liberals were quite proud with this um, ACA, but uh, you know, what next is kind of the thing, you know. Yeah. So kind of going back again to the um, the accessibility of voting and spreading the word for people with disabilities, specifically blind people and voting. Um, there were some events held at the, these CNIB hubs, hubs across Canada um, in in uh, prior to the election. Um, and I, I brought up an, a little article about it that um, oh. they say to ensure the accessible adapt, adaptive technology and pr- programs are top of mind for MP candidates. CNIB is hosting town halls across the country during the federal writ pro- period. The town halls will provide an opportunity for clients, volunteers, advocates and other community members to join forces and ask their local MP candidates questions about the Tech Now campaign. So that's that's one of these, these campaigns that the CNIB kind of put together. Um, that they're working on to, um, you know, get candidates involved with these issues and um, make things more accessible. Now, as you, if you've listened to our show before, we've we've talked about how we we've um, joined this, this the Canadian Federation of the Blind, which is a separate organization from the CNIB. Um, this one run by blind people, 
um, and a lot more um, just dealing with advocacy and, I mean, many other issues, training and so much other stuff. But the, the point being that these big organizations like the CNIB and st- are trying to work um, with politics and trying to think like, oh, what can we do um, to, to make this stuff better? But just based on some of the results I heard now, <laughs> it's a bit of a hip- hypocritical thing to say because I didn't go to this event here in London. Um, and I was actually asking around a few people. Um, I was in the States, but I I, I, th- I think I would have tried to go if I was around, but there was... And I, I know I should have, um, but I, I did look into... Um, I asked a couple people from around here, and they said that they didn't go. They thought it was a bit of a waste. I just think it's pointless, um, which is... Is that good? And, is that sad, or is that true? And, and I found um, we found out as well that um, the one in Barrie, that Patrick, who uh, we had a Definitely clip from was speaking, go to. he was planning on going, but then he found out um, the day before or something that it was canceled because none of the candidates were, were going to show up. Well, actually, that wasn't true. I think he said um, two of them. Two of them were going to show up, but there wasn't enough um, interest. There weren't enough uh, blind people going. I guess so. So it, CNIB makes a big push to, of this, but they aren't any more successful than we are at trying to sort of rally some of some of the blind people in Canada to to actually realize that that they could have a voice. What are they? You know, what are they? What's important to them? And you know, what can we all do to make things brighter? You know. So that was just sort of I heard that when um from you or I think Eric our chairman um then when I was in Erie and I just was like you know so <laughs> it's like where is everybody hello I can yell into a void and and there there are blind people in Canada of course but where are they and what are they doing But then the, the other part of it is um you know if there was an organization out there that everyone could agree on for blind people that was actually like really people felt like they were connected to yeah. maybe they would show up but i think there is still a lot of um people feeling sort of disenfranchised and not not connected um through these huge organizations um out there so that's why this event wasn't didn't appear to be a success based on i mean i haven't researched every one in canada i'm sure there was some well, we success did hear from that it. one in was it regina didn't yeah i believe the one in regina was canceled and then um one in toronto someone one of our uh, cfb um members was planning to go but called the hub to try to get an answer and couldn't get a hold of anyone um so she didn't want to go all the way there if there was no one there so it just it just sounds like a lot of um confusion <laughs> and it's just so that's a good way to start to wrap up the episode <laughs> yeah really because um, of course we haven't voted yet so we can't speak on that uh, we'll we'll touch on time. that next week after we have t- t- maybe talk a little bit about our experiences i don't i don't expect it to be much more accessible than when I voted um, for the for the um, provincial election, to be honest. Yeah. Um, where it's still that same card that you line up and it sits on the the print card and you hope you're on the right spot. And it's, I don't think it's going to be much different, but we'll uh, we'll find out next next week. I'll, uh, I'll let, and let I had a, know. a bunch of article, a few articles here I didn't even get to this because this subject is just so vastly different depending on which part of it we're talking about and. I don't know. I, I mean, the campaign was just nasty. It was 40 days of the official campaign, but it feels like it starts before that. But thank God it's not the U.S. where it's like 100% longer. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so it's, we're at the end of that now at least. And whatever happens, happens and we'll be back and um, we could discuss it a bit next time, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. We will. And uh, Everybody go vote. <laughs> yes, try to get out and vote. And... And speak to somebody in your life with a disability and ask them their thoughts on all this. Yeah, for sure. Always always looking for opinions on that. Always uh, feel free to drop us an email, outlookonradiowestern at gmail. 
Com if you uh, have any experiences with this, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.